Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Bryn Wise, and you are listening to the Grace Mama Grace podcast. I am a mom who struggles with mom guilt, and I am working tirelessly to overcome it. It is my mission to help you remember that you are enough, exactly the way you are. You are the mother your children need, and you are perfect as a mother just because you love your kids. Let's do this. Hello, my beautiful friends. All right. I don't know if you noticed, but there was a change in my intro. I tried to make it as subtle as possible, so hopefully it wasn't too glaringly obvious. But if you've been paying close attention, you will notice that in my intro, there is a line that said... I am a mom who suffers from mom guilt, and I am working tirelessly to overcome it. And a few weeks ago, I heard a podcast given by one of my mentors and leaders, Micah Folsom, and she interviewed an amazing guy named Brad Bizjack, who is a life coach mentor. He helps you overcome limiting beliefs, unpack everything, and... He's just amazing. And in this podcast episode, he talked about how pain is guaranteed, but suffering is a choice. And I encouraged Blake to listen to this podcast, and he thought it was so good, so, so good. Definitely encourage you to listen to it too, my friends. But my husband was like, what did that specific part bring to mind? And I was like, well, it was so good, like so, so good and really stood out to me too. And he was like, yeah, but did it like bring anything specific to your mind? And I was like, no, like, what do you mean? And he was like, your podcast, your intro says, I am a mom who suffers from mom guilt and I am working tirelessly to overcome it. So I think you should change it because pain is guaranteed but suffering is a choice. And honestly, I don't believe in accidents. I believe that I said that for a reason and maybe it was subconsciously that I needed to learn this message and change it and share it with you. And I didn't know that then, but I know it now. And so I changed my intro. It now says, I am a mom who struggles with mom guilt and I am working tirelessly to overcome it versus I am a mom who suffers from mom guilt. And that distinction is really important. And I want to chat all about this today because I feel like there is just so much to unpack there. And I want to start out by we're going to talk about pain and suffering in three different areas. Okay. The pain and suffering brought about by genes like the things that run in your family, pain and suffering brought about by others' choices, and pain and suffering brought about by accidents or life circumstances. So with everything that I say today, I know it might ruffle some feathers because I know that a lot of this stuff, it's hard. It is really, really hard. But I know that the stuff that I'm going to share today has absolutely changed my life and given me the power back to not fall victim to the things that happen in life. And truly, pain is guaranteed. We are all going to be hurt. 
in our lifetime. We are all going to feel physical pain, emotional pain, all the different types of pain. We will all feel it. It is guaranteed. It's just a part of life's journey. But you do not have to suffer. And just in a quick example, how many people do you know in 2020 that it was the worst year ever? And they had nothing positive to say, nothing good to say, peace out, see you later, bye-bye, right? And other people that you know who 2020 was one of the best years of their lives because it simplified so much and helped them find clarity in so many things that they were able to refocus, figure out what mattered to them and really go for whatever it was that mattered to them because so much of the world that they, we know of was shut down and so much of the complexity that we build up in our everyday lives was removed, right? And I really truly believe it comes down to what we're gonna chat about today. Pain is guaranteed. 2020 brought pain to every single person's life, but it was a choice for every single person Are you going to suffer through 2020 or are you going to grow through 2020? I was talking to my friend a little while back and he lost his dad in 2020 and I just feel so bad for him. And we were talking about all the things in regards to his family and and he was just sharing with me that honestly, yeah, like in my family, it old age does not run in our family like we all we die early and we're, we all die in our 70s or before that. And so I just know like I'm just going to die before I even turn 70. And I, I wanted so badly to have this conversation with him, but I, I didn't feel like it was the right time or the right place, but it, it really got my mind thinking. And there's this quote from another one of my mentors that I really, really love. Um, And his quote says, our limiting beliefs are constantly looking for stories to justify our fears and excuses. And Josh Coates was the one who said that. And I'm going to read it again because I think it's very profound. Our limiting beliefs are constantly looking for stories to justify our fears and excuses. And I am someone who also struggles. Like my family genes suck, you guys. Like S-U-C-K suck. Obesity runs in my family. Heart disease runs in my family. Strokes run in my family. Depression runs in my family. Asthma, all the things, okay? Diabetes, I don't know if I said that yet. All the things run in my family. My dad, my dad has had two heart attacks and three strokes. He's in his 50s and he's already in a nursing home. Okay, and cousins, siblings, parents, all the things struggle with obesity. Okay, and I could take that and say, okay, I struggle with obesity too. And it honestly drives me absolutely bonkers because so many people look at pictures of us and our family and they think, oh, she's the lucky one. She must have gotten the good genes in the family. And Honestly, growing up, my uncle always called me the neighbor girl because I was I looked different from my family. I'm the only one with green eyes and and then whatever. I a lot of people, oh, she's the lucky one. She's got the good genes in the family and it drives me crazy. I want to punch those people in the face, okay? 
clearly unfiltered Brynn is coming out at you right now. I work my tail off to look the way that I do. Okay. Yes, I am a health and fitness coach by profession, but it has become an obsession, a healthy one, because I want to be there for my family. I want to have energy to run and not be weary and walk and not faint and play with my kids and build sandcastles when I'm 80 years old. I don't want to die from a heart attack when I'm 60. I don't want to die from a stroke or have diabetes or be obese or any of those things. So guess what? I am taking care of myself now. Now. I work out every day, six days a week, sometimes seven via like a stretch or a walk or a bike ride with my family, okay? I have learned a ton about nutrition and eating fats, carbohydrates, proteins, vegetables, fruits, all the things in an effort to have a healthy heart, to have a healthy relationship with food, not just so that I can fit into my pre-pregnancy genes, but so that I can live a long life, so that I can be there for my family when I am older. And it would be so easy to just sit back and, yep, obesity runs in my family, and play the blame game, and to blame obesity on my family's genes, and to just accept that as my reality. But you know what? I call BS. No. No, no, not me. I am not going to accept that as my fate because I'm going to work my ASS off. Sorry, passionate Brynn is coming out, okay? (laughs) I'm going to work my butt off to make sure that that doesn't happen because I have the ability to choose. I have that ability. And when I was talking to my friend, I, I wanted to shake him and say, Darlin, you have a choice. Maybe that might be the history of your your parents, your grandparents, your whatever. But if you exercise every day, if you practice gratitude every day, if you pray, if you take care of your spiritual, your mental, your emotional health, you can change your fate. Like A Knight's Tale says, you can change your stars right? You don't have to submit to history. And if that was the case, no significant changes would ever have been made. Rosa Parks would never have given up, refused to give up her seat on that bus if she just admitted, okay, whatever, this is just the life I have to live. No, she decided this is BS. I deserve better. I'm going to change my stars. And she did. And she didn't only change her stars. She changed the stars of so many other African-American people across the world, right? We have the ability to make a difference in the world if we choose to. You do not have to succumb to the history of others and make that your truth. Pain is guaranteed. Is there going to be struggle? Do I weigh a little more than other people who exercise six to seven days a week? Yeah, I do because I have bigger bones. I have to work a lot harder. I look at a cookie and I gain three pounds, okay? I gain weight so fast. And when I work hard, I also lose weight so fast. It is guaranteed for me to have some struggles. It is guaranteed for me to have some pain. But I do not have to suffer in this. I can 
choose. Okay? Okay. That's all I wanted to share about pain that is brought about by your genes. Okay? But I feel like anything, whether cancer runs in your family, whether obesity, diabetes, heart disease, all the things, no matter what runs in your family, you can choose if you choose to make your health a priority today. You will pay for your health one day. And it's either in time and energy now and money for a, a gym pass, a beach body on demand, whatever with me, or you're going to pay for it in the future in hospital bills and sick leave and time that you don't get to spend with your family. Okay? Pain is guaranteed. Suffering is a choice when it comes to your genes. Okay, moving on to the next part I wanted to chat about. Pain that is brought about by other people's choices. I was I was suffering. I was really, really suffering because a little backstory, I referenced this in my Married Life podcast, but my husband of six years came to me and told me that he had lied. He had lied to me. I knew that he struggled with an addiction. When we were dating, he, he cleared things up. He was good. He was golden. Uh, we were sealed in the temple. And I asked him when we were dating, how can, I, how can I help you stay good, stay clean? And he was like, just ask me. Just ask me every once in a while how I'm doing, how things are going. And I was like, okay, sounds great. So I would. I wouldn't ask him every day, but just as I thought about it, I would ask him, how are things going? And he, oh, I'm doing good, doing great. And I just thought my husband was like just this incredible like miracle story. Like, wow, the atonement really worked on you. You're just freaking awesome, right? And one day... He came home from a Saturday church meeting. Um, It was the evening session of general conference for those of you who are also members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he opened the door and I've never recorded this anywhere. I've written it in my journal. So here you go. Congratulations. You're the first people to hear it via audio. He opened the door. I opened the door. And I will never forget the look on his face. He was just completely gaunt. And he just looked like someone had died. And I was like, what is wrong? And he stepped into the door and kissed me so passionately. And it brings tears to my eyes now because he told me later that he thought that that was going to be the last kiss he ever gave me. He thought that I was going to leave him. Because that's what the adversary told him. And so he kissed me so passionately. And then he proceeded to, I have something to tell you. And he brought me into our family room. And he just looked me in the eyes. And he told me, I have been lying to you for the last six years. I still struggle with my addiction. And he broke down sobbing, sobbing. It was so heartbreaking. And we had this beautiful conversation. And honestly, I look at that moment as one of the biggest blessings in my life. It was so hard in the moment. And a week later, I found out I was pregnant with our second child. And so to be going through this betrayal trauma of being lied to for six years, going through all the things of 
trying to figure out my role in healing myself and helping him to heal all the things, plus being pregnant and having my hormones completely out of whack. It was, oh my gosh, it was like the worst year ever. Um, and I was really, really struggling and I was really, really suffering and I was choosing to blame everyone else. I was blaming my husband for his choices, for his actions. I was blaming God for what's wrong. I have done everything that I thought I needed to do. And why? Why, when I've tried to be good my whole life, why was I blessed (laughs) with this trial? And as I have come to learn, it truly has been a blessing because for one thing, my relationship with my husband has never been stronger. And no, he's not magically healed. He is still working so hard every single day to overcome his addiction. And I am working hard every day to grow and to heal and to love unconditionally and to feel Christ-like love for him and to forgive and to find my place. And it's just this constant give and take of healing and hurting and pain and embracing our emotions and talking. And it's, it's never ending. It's never ending. But I heard this book on Audible from this guy named Gary John Bishop. And it's called Unf Yourself. And it's, yes, actually the F word, which I, I'm not a huge fan of that word. And, but it was one of those books that so many people kept suggesting. And I was like, okay, okay. I feel like prompted to read this book, even though, yes, it has the F word in this title. And you guys, that book changed my life. It literally did. Because there is a chapter where he talks about, are you willing or are you unwilling. And I had the biggest flash of inspiration that yes, my husband struggles with this addiction. Yes, he lied to me for six years and I have every right to be hurt, to be angry, to be afraid, to feel betrayed. But I am willing to love him. I am willing to stay in this relationship, even though I am willing to help him through his struggle, to be there for him, to help myself. I am willing to go through the growth that I need to do personally to heal. I am willing. I am willing. And that changed everything because it made it so it's my choice to stay with him and it turned into this well I can't leave him because I've got one almost two kids with him well I can't leave him because who else is gonna love him if I don't with our one almost two kids I can't leave him because I really do love him and and it turned it it changed everything Because it went from this constant debate of, are we going to stay married? This sucks. This is hard. Like, I don't want to get divorced. I don't want to, whatever, all the things. I don't want that. And it changed it to, I am willing. I am willing to stay with you. I am willing to fight with you. 
I am willing to learn about the atonement with you. I am willing to trust in God so that he can heal you and he can heal me. I am willing to have children, more children with you, knowing even still that you struggle. And I've, I don't know that I've ever shared this either, but our third daughter, uh, not our third daughter, our third child is named Ellie because when Blake and I were dating, he gave me a grape soda pin and told me that he wanted to grow old with me. And that was from the movie Up. And like I mentioned previously, our second, I found out I was pregnant with her a week after he disclosed his addiction to me. And Ellie was our first baby that we had together with me knowing full well what he struggled with. I am willing to have more children with you knowing your struggle. And that's why we named her Ellie, because I am willing to grow old with him, even if that means this is a struggle that we have our whole lives. And so that's where her name came from, to remind us constantly of our love story and of the choice that we made to be willing to fight, to be willing to grow together. And there are so many choices that other people make that have just a huge effect on your life. And you can't, as much as we want to, we can't impose our will on other people's, on other people. They make choices. Other people make choices that affect us. But we can choose. It takes growth. It takes accountability. It doesn't happen overnight. But you can choose. Is this going to be a painful experience? Or am I going to suffer through this for the rest of my life? And I feel prompted to share if you are affected by someone else's choices and you're suffering through them, please turn to God, especially as women. We try to think that we can do it all by ourselves, but we can't. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Go to him. Pray to him. Let him help you lift your burdens. God wants to help you. Okay? And you don't have to suffer. Pain is guaranteed. But suffering is a choice. Okay, I wasn't planning on sharing any of that, just so you know. (laughs) But I really try to follow my heart and follow my inspiration as things come out. So I hope that that helped somebody. Okay, I'm totally crying. It's fine. Um, The last point that I wanted to talk about when it comes to pain versus suffering is the pain that is brought about by accidents or life circumstances and I I know that there is so much in the world death suicide hardship physical pain from bodily injuries all those types of things and 
one of my favorite books ever. Um, one of the books that has changed my life the most. It's called The Miracle Equation by Hal Elrod. It's the same author as The Miracle Morning, but it's like a follow-up book. And in it, he talks about an accident that he had where his life should have ended. And there was there was a point in time where the doctors told him he would never be able to walk again. And he was in his 20s. And he was surprisingly optimistic. And um, the doctors were so worried about him because he was optimistic, <laughs> even being told that he would never be able to walk again. And the doctors were so worried that they told his dad, I think you need to talk to him because I think he's in denial. I think he doesn't recognize the severity of his accident. And we would much, much, much rather him go through the mental strain of realizing this here and now while he has help in the hospital versus having the reality hit him after he leaves the hospital where he doesn't have as much help as he does now. So please, will you go talk to him and make sure he understands the severity of his, of his hurt and his pain and that he won't be able to walk again. And so the dad did. He, he walked in and he had this conversation with his son and said, son, I'm, I'm really worried that you're, you're not grasping the full effects of this accident. You're a little too optimistic. <laughs> and Hal said, you know what, dad, I, I do recognize the severity of, of my situation, but I've already decided I can't change it. It's like the quote I, I shared last week. You can't go back and change anything, but you can go forward and change everything. Hal embraced that. I can't change it. I can't go back and change the fact that I was in a car accident. I can't go back and change that I may never walk again. So I've just decided I'm going to be the happiest person in a wheelchair in the whole entire world. And how incredible is that? How incredible is that? He goes on to share that he had been working with Cutco and his mentor in Cutco had introduced him to this five minute of suffering thing. I don't know what to call it, but you literally set a timer and when something goes bad or goes wrong, you just allow yourself to hurt and to cry and to scream and to swear and to pound your pillow and to whatever you need to do for five minutes. And then as soon as the timer goes off, you say, can't change it. Can't change it. And when people die, when accidents happen in life, when people commit suicide, can't change it. I can't go back and change anything, but I can go forward and change everything. I can live a life that would make that person proud if they've passed on. I can be the happiest person in a wheelchair. And spoiler alert, he can walk. He can because he embraced his new life. And for whatever reason, positive thinking, I don't know, he was able to take steps before leaving the hospital. And he was able to walk. 
before. I honestly don't know the timeline, but he walks around now and he's not confined to a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Okay. There's so much to unpack just within that. And I was listening to a funeral recently from someone in, that I know that and love dearly who took his life in 2020. And um, this religious leader at his funeral shared with the family essentially that concept. You can't go back and change anything. And you can't, if you wallow in the what ifs, you are choosing to suffer. But you can go forward and make sure you're living a life true to him, true to her, true to whoever it is that, that left. And you can make sure that you're living your life that when you meet again in the next life, you'll be together because you made good and right choices. There's a mom that I know of. Uh, there was a girl that I went to high school with. We were f good friends in middle school. And um, she, she had an accidental drug overdose. And her mom has chosen to become the face of parental awareness when it comes to signs to look for in drug abuse with your children. And she has chosen to take her daughter's sacrifice and make a difference in the world. And that's admirable. That's incredible. She has chosen, yes, this is painful. Yes, this is hard. But I'm not going to suffer. I'm going to turn my pain into a mission for others in spreading joy and spreading awareness and spreading knowledge, positivity, everything. And that's exactly the mission that I have in my struggle. I want to bring awareness. I want to help other wives know they're not alone. And that is when your greatest trials become your greatest strengths. When you choose to step outside of suffering, embrace the pain don't ignore it, but use it for good. I have chosen not to embrace the suffering of obesity and heart disease. And instead, I've chosen to feel the pain of it and make my own choices and bring awareness to other people through my life's work as a health coach. Pain is guaranteed. Suffering is a choice. And I know I really didn't talk much about being a mom <laughs> in this podcast, but I think all of this is applicable to motherhood. When your children make choices that you wish they wouldn't have, or your spouse make choices that you wish they wouldn't have, or life circumstances happen that are hard, having this mental ability to switch and to choose to embrace the pain and lean away from choosing the life of suffering turning to God in all of your pain and all of your trials turn to God own your life choose to own 
your choices. What are you willing to do? What are you unwilling to do? I know this was deep. I know this was heavy. But I think it's important. I love you, my friends. I believe in you, my friends. And I'll see you next week. All right, you guys, that's it. Thank you for sticking around. If this message spoke to you today, please feel free to share it with someone you love. It would mean the world to me if you would leave this podcast a quick review from wherever you're listening from so that other mamas can find it too. Be sure to find me on Instagram so that we can be friends in real life. You can find me at Bryn Wise. Thank you for making the choice to become a mom. Thank you for loving your kids. Remember that you are doing better than you think you are. Remember to lean on your village. Remember, the biggest contribution you make in this world might not be something you do, but someone you raise. And always remember to give yourself grace. Thank you.